Welcome to the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast, a primitive Baptist ministry declaring the good news of the finished work of salvation by grace alone. This weekly radio program is brought to you by Elder Joe Nettles, pastor of Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church in Caledonia, Mississippi, and Elder David Wise, pastor of Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church in Ackerman, Mississippi. We now invite you to stay tuned for our message this morning. Good morning and welcome to the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast. This is Elder David Wise here with you this morning, and we certainly welcome you to the program on behalf of Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church in Ackerman, Mississippi, as well as Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church in Caledonia, Mississippi. And we invite you to come and worship with us if you're in the North Mississippi area. Both of our churches in Ackerman and in Caledonia meet on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. We also have a Wednesday night meeting in Starkville, Mississippi at 6 o'clock p.m. at the New Covenant Church at 200 West Garrett Road. So we would love to meet you in person. And if you are not in our area, we would invite you to go to our website, gospel-of-grace.com. You can find a church that hopefully is closer to you and you can get caught up on our past messages and subscribe to a podcast through various platforms. And you can also find our email address there. We would love to hear from you. We'd love to know that you're listening and know that you're out there. And if we can help you in any way, if we can answer any questions, or even if you disagree with something that we have to say on the program, we'd love to correspond with you and discuss the Word of God with you. So please email us and let us know if you listen, particularly if you have any questions. This morning, we'd like to continue our series on spiritual warfare, focusing specifically on the devices of the devil. We're told to not be ignorant of his devices, and Satan has a thousand-year-old playbook. So we can see the tactics he's used in the past, and that can better equip us to withstand the wiles of the devil here in our lives as well. So we invite you to stay tuned to the program, and we'll bring that message to you right after the song.
welcome to the Gospel of Grace. This is Elder David Wise here with you this morning, and, and we're trying to continue our consideration of spiritual warfare, and particularly of knowing Satan's devices. And in prior messages, we tried to focus on some of those devices of being unforgiveness, anger, and pride. And certainly those are some of the most successful tools in Satan's arsenal, isn't it? Is first of all, the pride that we get offended. We think that we're better than we are. And then we get angry about something because somebody offended us. And then, and then you fast forward a long period of time and we've not forgiven them in the manner that we ought to. And there's great perils in each of those devices. So we'd like to continue that this morning. And again, uh, we won't be able to consider this as in-depth as I would like to. Each of these could be a sermon all to themselves. So we'd encourage you to jot these down. And there are great studies that you could have on each of these individually. So unforgiveness, pride, and anger. And the next one is sexual desire. In 1 Corinthians chapter 7, Paul is describing the due benevolence that a husband and a wife should have. God has blessed his people within the covenant union of marriage to have intimacy and affection and great joy in that. And that is appropriate. It is appropriate for a husband and a wife to have the joy of that intimacy. And if you, as a husband or a wife, it goes both ways, if you purposefully deprive the other spouse of that intimacy, then you are putting yourself in a very dangerous position. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, beginning in verse 3. Let the husband render unto the wife due benevolence, and likewise also the wife unto the husband. The wife hath not power of her own body, but the husband. Likewise also the husband hath not power of his own body, but the wife. Defraud ye not the other except it be with consent for a time that ye may give yourself to fasting and prayer and come together again, that Satan tempt you not for your incontinency. So what we find here is that God has biologically wired us with a desire. And God has given us an opportunity within the bounds of marriage to fulfill that desire. And that desire does not go away. That's just the way God wired us biologically. And if you are trying to punish your spouse because they did something wrong and you're trying to deprive them of that intimacy, then what's going to eventually happen? Now, this doesn't make it right, but it's just a reality that if there is a lack of intimacy in a marriage relationship that God has ordained and is appropriate in that setting, if either party chooses to defraud, that's the language that's used here, defraud. It's, it's a, it is an inappropriate fraud to deprive your spouse of that for the purpose of punishing them. You, now, you can do it together for a time, with consent for a time, for the purpose of fasting and prayer. But if there is a lack of intimacy in a marriage relationship for a long period of time, then there will be a temptation of Satan to fulfill that desire outside of the marriage bounds. And there have been so many instances, unfortunately, where things were not right in the marriage relationship, and then people sought that intimacy outside of the marriage relationship and it led to adultery. It led to a marriage being destroyed. 
It led to divorce and all of the ripple effects of the divorce that goes along with that. And it leads to ultimately adultery. Because think about how many people, now this is in the context of marriage, but even people that are unmarried struggle with the temptation of sexual desire, right? How many people, I'll tell you, we could have a whole sermon series on just this topic right here. How many people in scripture have been godly men, godly men, how many people have been destroyed by their lack of control of sexual desire? I mean, think about the man after God's own heart, right? Think about David. Now, we're going to talk about covetousness here in a minute, and that has to do with riches, but covetousness is a lot broader than just money. It actually says in the original giving of the Ten Commandments against covetousness, one of the very first thing it says there, don't covet your neighbor's house, but also don't covet your neighbor's wife. Well, think about David. Think about David. First of all, he was in a position he shouldn't have been in, right? He should have been leading his people out in war. It was the time that the kings went out to war, but he was home, so he was in a place he shouldn't have been in. But then he looked somewhere he shouldn't have looked, and he saw Bathsheba. But what did he do? He coveted his neighbor's wife. So it all started with covetousness. I'll tell you, the way that the sin cycle spirals out of control is just absolutely astounding to watch. And it's certainly true of all of us, but look how fast it spiraled out of control for for David, the man after God's own heart, right? The man who was promised that the Messiah would build a kingdom of the son of David, the seed of David. I mean, David was a godly man, but he did not control his sexual desire. So he coveted his neighbor's wife, and then that led to adultery. And then it led to him getting Uriah drunk to try to get him to go into his wife. And he didn't do that because he was honorable. So he was a conspirator of drunkenness, which is a sin. But then he ultimately killed him. So covetousness to adultery to murder. And that all started because he did not control his eyes. He did not control his sexual desire. And we have to be very vigilant to control that. Because I'll tell you, every single one of us has a lustful desire in our nature to look in a sinful way on members of the opposite sex, okay? And we have to control that. And that's why Job said in Job 31 and verse one, we all need to know this verse. I made a covenant with mine eyes. Why should I think upon a maid? Now, we can't control always what pops in front of our face, right? We always can't control, and don't put yourself in bad situations, right? But we can't always control commercials. We can't always control pop-ups on our phone. But what we can control is what we do when we see it, right? And he said, why then should I think upon a maid? And that word literally means to meditate on, right? Not just to look at. I mean, you can look at a person and say, wow, that's a pretty, that's a beautiful, that's an attractive person, but not look lustfully after her. But it's the second look that gets you in trouble, right? It's thinking about her. It's meditating on her. And that's what lust in your heart is. Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, if you lust after a woman in your heart, you've committed adultery. And we see David, because of of this sexual sin that he committed, God said, the sword is never going to depart out of your house. It's never going to depart out of your house. There are so many warnings in the book of Proverbs about the strange woman, right? who is a married woman, an adulterous married woman who's enticing you to come and and to commit sin with her. And then he tells you the end result of that destruction. 
Solomon. The beginning of Solomon's downfall was him being enticed by strange women. The same strange women that he warned his son about in the book of Proverbs. The same strange women enticed him. And by the end of his life, he was worshiping false gods. But what was the beginning of the slippery slope? What was the beginning of Solomon's slippery slope? It actually all began with looks, didn't it? It began with not making a covenant with his eyes like he should have. It began with lust in his heart. And the next thing you know, he had forsaken his first love of the Shulamite maid. And now he's married a thousand strange women worshiping pagan gods. And then what does that lead to? It leads to idolatry, you see, by the end of Solomon's life. So sin and Satan's devices, boy, Satan's devices are such a slippery slope, right? So it's especially important for those in a marriage relationship. God has put bounds that we can fulfill those desires in marriage. But when you purposefully defraud the other party in marriage, those desires don't go away. And there are many marriages that have been destroyed because they tried to use intimacy as a punishment of the other spouse. And boy, you talk about giving Satan an advantage. You are putting yourself in a very bad position when you start doing that. So be very wary, be very aware and vigilant of the temptation to sexual desire. And I really need to speak candidly this morning because sexual temptation is all around us in 2022 in a way that it was not in previous times. There is pornography all over the internet, all over our phones, all over cable television, and it has become so ingrained in our society. It's so easily acceptable, and you have to make a covenant with yourself. You have to make a decision because things will pop up. If you don't think that Satan is influencing all of the technological things, and I don't know exactly how all this works, but if you don't think that Satan is behind these pop-ups that pop up on your phone, I'll tell you, at the end of the day, Satan's behind that. And you need to be very wary because I don't know anyone that woke up one day and said, you know what? I want to have an addiction to pornography. I don't think anyone that woke up and said they wanted to do it. No, there was one time that they made a bad decision and that spiraled out of control. Satan got an advantage of them, and it's very difficult to take that ground back when Satan gets an advantage of it. Now, you can do it. You can do it. But it's difficult. It's difficult. And so we are in an age where this stuff is just thrown in our face all of the time. And you need to be very, very wary of what you watch, what your children watch. You need to know what your children are watching on television, on their phone, and on their tablets. Because there will be things that pop up that they do not understand. And they will see things that are corrupting their mind that will hurt them in their future. So this is something we have to be so vigilant about today because of the technological environment that we're in. Because you want to talk about a history of success. I will say that one of the most successful devices that Satan has had against godly men in the history of the world, one of the most successful devices that he has had is sexual temptation. Because many men have succumbed to that. And we have to be vigilant to be aware of that and to forsake that. Okay, 
In Acts chapter five, we find that Ananias and Sapphira, they held back a little bit. They said that they sold everything. You're not required to sell everything, but they said they sold everything and they lied to the Lord. But Peter says this to Ananias when he's rebuking him of that in Acts chapter five and in verse three. And Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price of the land? Now, why did Ananias do this? Satan filled his heart. Satan deceived him. Satan deceived him because he wanted to keep some back for himself, but he wanted to give the pretense so other people would brag on him and have a higher view of him that he gave everything. And Satan's the father of lies, right? So Ananias lied about that. And as a judgment of that, the Lord struck both Ananias and Sapphira down as they lied to the Holy Ghost. So this is speaking of covetousness. Now we talked earlier about covetousness and that can apply to anything. I'll tell you, it can apply to you desiring something that someone else owns and that can be many things in context. But let's talk specifically about riches, specifically about money. And we find here that Ananias, they wanted recognition. That's another one we could certainly consider, right? That we talked about pride last time, being lift up with pride. You want the praise of other people. You want people to, to praise you for giving up everything when you really didn't give up everything. So pride played into that too. But also covetousness is a great temptation of Satan. He says, look, you should be content with the things that you have. This is in 1 Timothy chapter 6. He's rebuking those that are seeking filthy lucre. Verse 5, perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds, destitute of the truth, supposing that gain is godliness. So if you find someone that believes that gain is godliness, he said you withdraw yourself from that person. Just back away from them. But godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into this world, and it's certain we can carry nothing out. Having food and raiment, lest there would be content. They will be rich, fall into a temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which some have coveted after and have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. The love of money is the root of all evil. And I'll tell you, if you don't think that Satan uses covetousness and the love of money, the root of all evil, then you just have not been around the world very long. <laughs> I'll tell you, Satan promises so much with riches. But it says many times in the scriptures that money and riches, they just take wings and they fly away. I mean, you can die tomorrow. And then what good are those riches going to do for you? So the love of money is the root of all evil. It's, go it's going to spiral into many things. I mean, think about people that have uh, ended up in jail because of covetousness. They wanted more and more and more, and they felt like they were just going to embezzle a little bit, just a little bit, just a little bit more, just a little bit more. But then they get used to that lifestyle, and then it just keeps coming. And then people end up stealing thousands of dollars and end up in jail. Why? Because of covetousness. And that is certainly a device that Satan uses, and many men have been corrupted by riches too. They started out as good godly men, but then when the dollars kept rolling in, they ended up getting deceived. So we have to be very vigilant against covetousness. So in the chapter just before this, in 1 Timothy chapter 5, 
He's having a discussion about widows and widows indeed, and the church has an obligation to care for widows indeed when they don't have the family members to care for them. And then it notes here in verse 6, she that liveth in pleasure is dead while she liveth. That's talking about some of these young widows that he's going to talk about here in just a minute. And then in verse 13, and withal, they learn to be idle, wandering about from house to house, not only idle, but tattlers also, and busybodies, speaking things they ought not. I will, therefore, that the younger women marry, bear children, guide the house, give none occasion to the adversary to speak reproachfully, for some are already turned aside after Satan. So you have these young widows that are young and making foolish decisions. They're idle. They're just wandering from house to house. They don't have anything to occupy their time. They don't have any kids yet. <laughs> and once you have kids, all your time is gone, right? You don't have time to go from house to house when you have kids anymore. Isn't that right, sisters? So they don't have kids yet. They're young widows, and they're going from house to house. They don't have anything to occupy their time. They're not working another profession. They don't have anything to occupy their time. But what are they doing? They're gossiping. They're being a busybody in other people's matters, speaking things they ought not. For some have already turned aside after Satan. Now, this is being condemned of young widows who are doing this, but there are multiple other places in Scripture that is condemned of being a busybody in other men's matters. Listen, we need to pray for our leaders. This is in 1 Timothy chapter 2. Pray for our leaders that we can live a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. And we don't need to be stirring up strife. We don't need to be gossiping. We don't need to be creating drama. We need to be peacemakers, right? Blessed are the peacemakers. That was given in the Beatitudes in the Sermon on the Mount, right? We're not supposed to be stirring up drama and strife all the time. God's people should be the least dramatic people in the world, right? And this applies to sisters. It applies to preachers. It applies to everybody. Don't meddle in issues that have nothing to do with you. And don't spread gossip unless it's been verified. It says somewhere that if you meddle in matters that don't relate to you, it's like you're taking a dog by the ears. You're going to get bit. You're going to have problems when you meddle in matters that don't have anything to do with you. Don't be a busybody in other men's matters. And also, for the primitive Baptists out there, don't be a busybody in other churches' matters. It's not your business, so leave it alone. Don't be a busybody in other people's matters. Because when you do that, I'll tell you, we start playing the telephone game. <laughs> Satan loves the telephone game, doesn't he? Because he is going to be able to create strife and drama and lies when people start spreading gossip. Because once it cycles around about one or two times, once you get to about number three or four, what's being told probably doesn't resemble what the truth is. And Satan loves that. Satan loves gossip because it creates drama that is inappropriate in the church. We'll conclude in James chapter 3 as a summary statement about the wisdom from beneath. Now, we've talked about unforgiveness. We've talked about anger and pride and sexual temptation and covetousness and wanting to elevate yourself and being a busybody. And again, there are many others that we could consider, but this is more of a general statement of trusting the wisdom of God from above as opposed to the wisdom of this world. James chapter 3 and verse 15, this wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, 
sensual, devilish. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure and peaceable and gentle and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. So we need to pursue the wisdom from above, right? Reject the wisdom from beneath, which is earthly sensual. But notice this, the wisdom from beneath is devilish. It's devilish. So we need to pursue the wisdom from above, and that will always be backed up by the word of God, the word of truth, which is how we test all things in this world and how we test the devices of Satan and beat them back by the sword of the Spirit and by the word of God and by prayer. Watch and pray that you enter not in temptation. The Spirit indeed is willing, but don't ever forget the flesh is weak. Our flesh is weak. Our flesh is going to be enticed by these devices. That's why we need to pray, right? We need to pray for God and the Holy Spirit to bless us and guide us and allow us to withstand these temptations to the honor and glory of our great God. May God richly bless you on this Lord's Day. If you enjoy the messages you hear on the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast, we invite you to visit a Primitive Baptist Church in your community. To find a Primitive Baptist Church near you, to listen to past messages online, and to find further contact information, you can visit our website at gospel-of-grace.com. You can also find our program on iTunes under podcast entitled The Gospel of Grace, a Primitive Radio Broadcast. If you listen and enjoy our program, we would love to hear from you. You may contact us by email at gospelofgracepb at gmail.com. This program is produced by Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church, 40283 Wolf Road, Caledonia, Mississippi, and Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church, 11 Staten Road, on Highway 15, just north of Ackerman, Mississippi. We would love for you to come and worship with us each Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. We invite you to tune in again next week for another message from the Gospel of Grace. Until next time, we pray God shall supply all your need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus our Lord. Wonderful the matchless grace of Jesus, deeper than the mighty rolling